2: Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm
3: sorry. Gentlemen. Did you just start saying, "wool"? like you're going to say welcome, and then going right into ladies? Are you really going to keep that? What are... Should I
2: keep it, no, though? Has... I don't no, know. No, For no,
3: Christ's no. sake, that makes me no. twitch.
2: <laughs> okay, fine. I was going to pull a PT bar, Ladies and
3: gentlemen, boys and girls,
4: Ooh, I hope you're ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: god damn it all right here we go welcome ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages to the winter is coming game of thrones podcast I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Isis. She's back on the podcast this week, and we're very happy about it. Corey Thone and Corey Smith. This is a podcast that is not officially sponsored by KFC. Um, so let's get right into the... What we're going to be talking about tonight is the Season 8 trailer. Game of Thrones Season 8. We finally got a trailer. It dropped today. What? Where what? have I been? You thought we were going to talk about the EW photos, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I've been studying up on costumes and lines and the shoulders, and and you're telling me there's a trailer
2: out there? Yeah, Yeah, man. Absolutely. There is a trailer, and it's exciting, and we're very happy to be here. So let's talk about it. Let's get right into it, Isis. I know you've got a lot to say, but I want to get your initial reaction. We'll break it down scene by scene if we've got hours to spoil anyway, but um, to spend. So Isis, give me your initial reaction from the trailer.
0: Yeah, so um, earlier today when you guys told me that there was a trailer that was out, uh, I was in the middle of the office, and I really didn't have time to go ahead and look at it. And uh, when I finally got home, I was able to watch it. And let me tell you, my wig was fucking snatched, all right? I was shooketh, shooketh. (laughs) That trailer killed me and resurrected me, and now I'm pregnant with the second coming of Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) Isn't it that much to you, huh? Goddamn, you're thirsty.
0: Uh, So thirsty that my wine glass is filled, and I may have a lady boner.
2: Just saying. (gasps) Wow. You guys... You heard it here first. Isis has a lady boner. She is fully engorged. It's not your um,
3: fault they put Gendry in the trailer.
0: <laughs> Baby, you never lied. You have never lied.
2: Mm-mm-mm. So, um, Isis, what was your favorite scene out of the entire uh, trailer? Give me one scene that just made all the hairs on your arm and the back of your neck just stand straight up.
0: Well, I'm I'm just going to say the very first thing. I mean, the, the entire the entire trailer is fucking amazing. Um, but I will say this, because I'm a big Aria fan. I've always been an Aria fan since the very get-go. And to open up the the trailer with her, looking beat up, looking scared as shit. It, scared to a point that I don't think we've ever seen her before. Um made the hair on my arms uh, stand up because for me, Arya needs to be protected at all costs. We need to put a bubble around her and she must survive this. And uh, yes, she is, she is precious cargo. And uh, I just, uh, that is really, I mean, I I think that, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, how I listen, how I watch the, the trailer um, just for some context. Um, I first, just listen to the to the trailer i didn't watch any of the visuals i just strictly used my and that this is going to sound super fucking nerdy uh I, I just wanted to listen to it i wanted to get a sense for you know the voices that were coming in what they were saying the music all of those things just to kind of come into play then i watched the video and um the trailer and then I took the trailer and slowed it down, and then I, I watched it that way. And then I kept it slowed down, and then I watched it with the subtitles. Because I really wanted to get a full feel of what the trailer, uh, you know, all of those pieces coming together. And and I know I'm not alone, so don't fucking act like I'm being right, or anything.
2: I did the same thing. I, di- I didn't listen to it. I mean, you took it a step further, but yeah, no, I did the same thing.
0: Yeah, it, for me, it was Arya. I, I'm going to just say it right there. I mean, Arya, to me, looked um, – her reaction was the one that was probably most unnatural for me.
2: Isis, um, you're absolutely right. I think the Arya, uh, the the fast breathing, but then she catches her breath, and you see her training kick in, and then she starts to run from whatever's chasing her. We'll get into that t- into that in a second, but Corey Thone, what stood out to you? Uh, what was your favorite part from this trailer?
3: Uh, oh, that's it's a really tough question. Um, I I don't want to be too on the nose with it, you know, but the fact that they pretty much confirmed for us that uh, that John's going to ride a dragon <laughs> is pretty. All pretty but dope.
2: confirmed, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm so. I happy. mean, like
3: seriously. Not only not only because like we're hip to your tricks. You're not. Not only does, um, I mean, obviously they showed John and Danny walking toward the dragons who were eating, or had just got done eating something, but they they showed that scene and then they showed the overhead shots of the dragons flying around and it's like, well, they're definitely just like CGI John and Danny off the back of those dragons. <laughs> like that's what Game of Thrones has done, the Avengers has done that. Like after the the Endgame trailer dropped, everybody just kept finding these parts of. The trailer where there's like a gap between people it's like yeah that's definitely like captain marvel or something yeah yeah. and it's like yeah just stop trying to hide this don't put that shit in the trailer if you don't want us to know it don't put it in there and then cgi half of it out like we're not dumb these are the most passionate fans of anything so like that was figured out real quick i I will say we might all come out of this looking like dumb dums because john doesn't ride a dragon like drive a dragon he's obviously ridden one but like drive one you know like grab the wheel or whatever however <laughs> you is it a clutch i don't know but there's that i mean that was the the scene that jumped out to me was they really drove that home they had like multiple shots of the dragons just flying around so
2: yeah and you know what's cool about that is um a lot of people said well no the dragons were just flying into winterfield no they weren't if you look at the sky when uh, Arya's looking up at the dragon and when Sansa's looking up at the dragons flying over Winterfell, it's different. It's a different sky than when they're flying through the valleys and peaks of, of the north. That's John and Banny having dragon sex, like, chasing each other around, and, like, being all frolicking and playing in the air. They, they just are right. They got CGI'd out of the, out of the shot. So I uh, 100% agree with you. John's riding Rhaegal. Which, by the way, Rhaegar was named after his father, his real father, Rhaegar Targaryen. So it's kind of poetic that he would ride the green dragon Rhaegar. Yeah,
3: bang his his aunt, ride his dad, you know, Targaryen shit.
2: (laughs) Targaryen shit. (laughs) All right, so Corey Smith, um, I know you've got thoughts. We talked about it all day long. What stood out to you?
4: Um, I think just the general, like depression of the trailer i mean it was exciting but clearly the battle of winterfell is going to be fucked right like it just looks like they're going to lose horribly and you know everybody seems to be it, it seems like the battle is going to start out in the field and then move inside the castle you've got the shot of varus uh down in the crypts with uh gilly and little sam in the background. And, I mean, I'm kind of with Isis, the thing that kind of shook me the most was Arya, right? Arya's gone through some incredible shit in her life, right? She watched her dad get executed, she's seen friends get executed, she's been through all this stuff, and she's never looked like that before, right? She was absolutely terrified. And- I'll
2: tell you one time, she's looked at that one time when she was being chased by the waif. And this, she was, being, she was being chased by someone or something. She was running for her life.
4: Yeah, but this just seemed more... And, you know, she, she's got that epic line about how death has many faces and all that stuff. But clearly that shot takes place before shit hits the fan, right? Right, right. You know, she's, she's all confident. She's, she pulls up the dragonglass dagger. Um, but clearly that takes place before things go sideways. Because in that shot, where that long tracking shot where she's running through uh, Winterfell, she is absolutely terrified. She's not, you know, any, you know that that part was the the hard the coolest part for me.
2: And you know what? Um, I've seen people on the internet today talking about, well, Cersei hired a faceless man. They got they got into uh, Winterfell and they're chasing Arya. That's not a White Walker or Whites that's chasing Arya. Or the Night King, but a faceless man's there. We don't have time for that shit. Take that shit elsewhere. It's the, it's the dead. They're there in Winterfell. And yeah, that's you know what hit home for me? Um, was that this was absolutely the bleakest trailer that Game of Thrones has ever aired. Number one. Number two, um, they wanted to hit home that shit goes down at Winterfell and it all goes awry nothing and no one is safe right like we see uh Jamie and Brienne and Pod fighting on the battlements of Winterfell we see Brienne and Pod standing in front of the army we see Grey Worm getting ready prepared for the for battle there's a lot of shit going on Jorah's ready to fight there's a lot of shit going on and and, and to to wrap up what you guys said about Arya I did a screen cap breakdown for When That's right, or net. I'm sorry. Um, and in the screen cap breakdown, I I I grabbed seventeen, I believe, screen screeners of Arya. And the second most was the dragons, Rhaegal and Drogon. They were the second most out of everything. So yeah, like this was an Arya centric trailer, which was very cool. She was in a lot of the scenes.
4: I kind of want to point out, too, like, and we'll get to this in a little bit as far as we're going to break down a lot of the things we noticed. But ultimately, I think this trailer, we talked about this, too, is it didn't reveal a whole lot that we didn't already know. Right. Uh, right? It it definitely felt like this trailer kept the cards real close to the chest, right? And we kind of, you know, Benioff and Weiss said if it was up to them, they wouldn't release a trailer, um, but obviously they had to release something. Um, but still, this didn't really give us... We knew that there was going to be a battle in Winterfell. We knew that pretty much everybody was going to be involved except for Cersei. We knew the Golden Company was coming over over the sea. So, I mean, there wasn't really any major spoilers in the, in the uh, trailer. So, I mean, for me, that was kind of, you know, when you compare it to like seasons past, when we could really break down and, and come up with a lot of stuff, you know, there's some little tidbits here or there that we'll talk about, but this definitely felt like it, it kept a lot of the secrets in and didn't let anything out.
2: I was happy about that. ISIS before you break this thing down. Did you have a thought before we get into it?
0: Yeah. So, you know, real quick, you know, because I did like a crazy person listen, just, you know, kind of listen to the, the, uh, the trailer and, and I wasn't even looking at it. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to be overwhelmed by the visuals to take away from what I was hearing. And I, I have to tell you that for me the the, what I was hearing, um, the music of course, I'm sure, you know, is does what does, does Wadi, is that how you say it? Jawadi. Jawadi, thank you. Um, did it did the music for this. It really sounded like a movie trailer. It didn't sound like Uh, a trailer that was for a TV show or anything like that. I mean, it was very, very pinpoint accurate, um, had really great, you know, even the things that were being said, which we'll dive into. But my point that I'm trying to make here is that this, uh, the trailers for Game of Thrones have been always really, really great. But this is really kind of setting a tone of, hey, this is the end. This is a big deal this is a big time trailer. Um, And it really kind of was very reminiscent of, you know, old war movies, trailers for war movies and things like that, um, where they do have a lot of dialogue in there and it matches what the visuals are. Um, You know, the music was very pinpoint. um, And then when you, you just hear the music and then you watch the visuals afterwards, Um, It really takes you into a high and low because it really the music changes a couple of times in that trailer um, if you listen to it. So uh, just wanted to kind of bring that over, you know, kind of since we're going to be talking about the visuals, um, take a chance. Just listen to it. Uh, I guarantee you that it's going to give you a little bit of different perspective than what the visuals are, because I think that can be very overwhelming and just take you know, an account for the what what you're hearing and what you're feeling and, and it's 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 really, really telling um of what they've done for this trailer. So I just wanted to make that point.
2: This is the end. Prepare your bodies accordingly.
0: My body is ready.
2: And my body is ready. So let's get right into this. Um everybody talked about Arya um panting, breathing hard at the very beginning, and she's running from something. What I like about this, and and I've mentioned. Well, it let's at the be beginning. honest.
0: Wasn't that everybody? Wasn't that everybody watching
2: the the trailer?
0: We <laughs> were all panting like, oh. And
2: basically, uh, maybe much. had our
0: O faces.
2: Yeah, it pretty much was an O face moment. Um, but Arya's running, and she's being chased by something. I'm gonna go ahead and guess at this point. Corey phone. Winterfell has been overrun, and she's being chased by. And let's go ahead and give a nod to the comment she made. Uh, Death has many faces, and I can't wait to see which which one this one is. Um, let's go ahead and give a nod to that, because I'm thinking somebody, the Night King, uh, woke up is chasing her. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh,
3: I don't know. When, when I looked at this, I, I definitely was trying to see if this was in the crypts or if it was higher in Winterfell, or maybe it was in King's Landing. Like they, everybody seems pretty convinced that it's in Winterfell and that it's a, a, a white that's chasing her, or the army of the dead, or whatever. I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, I'm honestly not 100% sold that this isn't a dream that we see here.
1: What? What? A dream sequence?
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, I I, I don't know. I just I feel like this is so out of character for Arya. So if she is running from something, it's going to have to be a white or a faceless man or something. Right.
2: Or a bunch of whites like, like Mira and Bran had to run from.
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've also, you know, when I see how she looks frightened and everything, I I don't know. She just, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what it is. When I've seen, people on Reddit and stuff have really broken down as a gif and, and lightened it up and shown it. And it kind of just looks like a dude in armor that's behind her. And I don't know if she's actually running from the person that we can see over her shoulder, or if that's another soldier who's also running, trying to get away. Um, I don't know why it starts with her, you know, sitting, leaning up against the wall or whatever, you know, looking stoic and then running and looking scared. i I don't know. I, I think there's just too little to be known from that. The implication is obviously there that um, she didn't go well because she's all bloodied up and is running away, but she I don't fought,
2: know. She fought a good fight and decided to run. Kind of what it, it points out to me is Arya has um, early, okay, later on in the trailer, there's a, there's a, and people have broken this down and lightened up the gif. Um, Ar- Arya does a spin move with a staff or a spear, and she's fighting something on the Battle battlements of Winterfell. This seems to be post-battle; like the walls have been have been, have been broken down, or whites whites have gotten over the walls. Um, people, it's every man for himself. Like remember how we talked about in another podcast, uh, Smith and I mentioned it's going to be a every man for himself, or every woman for herself, every person for themselves type situation, uh, Arya, what I liked about it was that she composed herself, like her train kicked in. At first she's panting really hard, and then she just stops, and she looks at the camera, and then she starts running. It's like, okay, you know, I've done this before, but what I noticed at the end of her run, as she's running, you know, it's, it's interspersed with like, Ser Davos walking along the battlements of Winterfell, um, it's interspersed with a lot of scenes. Varies in the crypt with little, you know, uh, Gilly and Baby Sam. Um, but she's got a Valyrian steel dagger in her hand. It's not an obsidian uh, bladed dagger. It's not needle. It's a Valyrian steel dagger. She doesn't have both weapons in her hands. She doesn't have a spear in her hand. She's got her, and I want to keep saying this: a Valyrian steel dagger in her hand. Um, that me that says to me. She's got some serious business to take care of with, and she knows that the Valyrian Steel is the only thing that protect her. Which well, means but nice, in the, nice, other, you know,
3: in the nice. other screenshot, she's got an Obsidian Blade.
2: Well, when she's talking to, like, Death Has Many Faces, that's a that's got to happen way before the battle starts. She's got an Obsidian Dagger. I think, hell, all chaos breaks loose. Smith, feel free to jump in. I think all all chaos breaks loose. She loses her obsidian tip dagger, she loses the spear she's using, and it's, she's down to her, her basic weapons, the dagger and needle, which I don't even see that da- needle on her, I just see the dagger in her hand, so, uh, Smith, feel free to jump in here, I know yeah. you've got thoughts about it.
4: No, I mean, I like I said earlier, I, that definitely, the whole her talking about seeing Death's face, that's clearly way before the battle, right? She's, you know, she's full bravado and she thinks she's seen it all and she's an assassin. And I mean, she does have right to be somewhat confident, but I think the the opening shot of the trailer is, yeah, way after things have hit the fan. And either she's being chased by a white or she's being chased by a, a white walker and whatever it is, it's something she's never dealt with before and she has no idea how to deal with it cuz clearly she pauses to like gather up her courage to run right so she's she's way out of her element and that's right, not right. something that that's not something that's going to happen because of you know there's a couple Lannister soldiers right there right or, or the golden company has made it to winterfell which we'll talk about in a second but whatever it is it's clearly something supernatural that she has no idea what to deal with and things have been going bad for quite a while. And I also would, wouldn't would put it past this scene that someone close to her just died, right? You know, no, nothing is going to instill terror in her like someone that she knows dying right in front of her and there was nothing she could do about it or that person could do about it.
2: The hound, because they do a quick cameo of the hound. Right. And he's got blood all over like he's his face, he's sweating. He's clearly been fighting and it's got that orange tint, so it's been the Battle of Winterfell. And right after the hound is they show his face, they show Arya doing a spin move with the spear. Can yeah. you imagine for one second, guys, Arya running from an undead hound? Holy fucking shit.
4: Right, like whatever is going on, this is clearly something that's that is off the books, right? This is not something she has any idea to has any idea what what to deal with, like. And I mean, think about it. If she just watched, let's say, she just watched the hound go down, right? If she just saw the hound get torn to pieces, I mean, that's gonna shake her to her core. That's gonna terrify her, you know, more than any than if the person just got stabbed or something by a regular soldier. Like, this, right. is, cl- this is clearly something um, su- supernatural. I mean, I don't know that I would say it goes so far as to say it's the Night King, um, but it, it's definitely at least a horde of whites or maybe one of the White Walker lieutenants. You know what I mean? So yeah. can, I,
3: can I jump in here? Yeah, please do. So as a counter to that, because I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but she's not wearing... Any like furs? She's not dressed like she'd be at Winterfell. She's you know dressed more lightweight, I guess you'd say. Everybody you know at Winterfell is wearing furs and coats and everything else because it's cold outside. It's like it's winter or something. Um, there's a post in the Game of Thrones subreddit by Andheim. It's this guy's name, and and I don't know if this is a hundred percent right, but it can somehow because I just when I look at this, I just don't the i, I don't know it just doesn't make I, it doesn't add up to me that it would be white walkers like where is she gonna run to like where is she going you know is is she get they have a trap set up maybe I don't know, but this post says that um in this same scene of the trailer where you see John running toward the camera at night the next scene is a bunch of animals running that at first we thought were horses maybe like the Dothraki, but on second look, looks like it could be more like a pack of wolves. Their legs seem too short to be horses. Yep. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, yeah. Which I agree with. I, I think that those are wolves.
3: There's a theory on here that Arya is escaping Winterfell after being left behind thinking that she's dead or something, or she went back to find someone, do something, kill someone or whatever. She has a mission. And she is overrun and beaten and runs into the Winterfell Courtyard because, again, I agree this doesn't look like the Crips. So
2: No way. I don't think it's the Crips either. Runs either.
3: to the Winterfell Courtyard only to be surrounded by whites and walkers. And at the last second, Nymeria and her massive pack of wolves ascend and start tearing up the walkers and shit. And we see a scene reminiscent of Season 1 where Arya tells Nymeria to run away. But this time, Nymeria does the same thing you know, in wolf speak to Arya. And that's the reason why they chose to show Nymeria in season seven over Ghosts. The writers had said it was more important to show you what was happening with Nymeria. Nymeria and her pack die, saving Arya, and she escapes back to her allies.
2: God damn it. That is some good shit. I like that. I like that thought process. I really dig it. Because if we go with the theory that Winterfell gets overrun, and, and then I want to go ahead and point out that in the Entertainment Weekly that dropped yesterday all that news that dropped yesterday which we're not even going to talk about tonight there is um one line that stands out uh james hibbert it's from james hibbert and he says um we've just finished filming a battle beloved heroes lie dead on the battlefield in front of winterfell and i'm paraphrasing it's not exact it's not an exact quote but beloved heroes lie dead on the battlefield in front of Winterfell. So if all the shit breaks down and goes to hell like we think it's going to happen, then, yeah, I could absolutely see Arya getting left behind. I mean, goddamn. What? what, a, and, and then bringing Nymeria back, I'm not ready to see Nymeria, Nymeria die. I mean, can we give the fucking uh, direwolves some break? Like, obviously, Ghost is probably going to die. Because if, if they're gonna just go ahead and kill Nymeria off, let's go ahead and kill Ghost off. This is the final battle at Winterfell. John's John's obviously got Ghost protecting somebody or or him, and then he'll probably die because fuck the Be- fuck direwolves. Right? Nobody cares about a wolf. Let's just put more dragons on 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 camera. But anyway, <laughs> I like that Reddit post, man. Like, yeah, need to I, give I, some props to him.
3: Yeah, there was that one and you know the there was you know another one that had a different kind of theory similar to that one but that um she is running from the mountain right because she this takes place and, and again i don't really see anything that kills this theory that this is actually in um king's landing
2: not in it's just that it's so dark where she is, man. There's no light coming the in. The whole
3: trailer that. was dark, though. Like, and I mean, that, that might have been on purpose to put to make it so dark. But it's then it true. also, if she was going to try to kill Cersei, she would do it at night. And she ah, failed. Yeah, good point. Right? And so I can't find the post. But it's basically, she failed. The mountain stops her. The mountain chases her. She's got the shit beat out of her because he's the mountain. Right? And he's undead already anyway. She turns a corner and runs into the hound, and that's how we get Cleganebowl.
1: <laughs> the
3: hound protecting Arya. Uh, uh, both. So basically, the, it was like, so you know, if that happens, either the the mountain kills the hound, but the hound injures the mountain enough that Arya can kill him, off, finish him off, or vice versa, or they both die, whatever. But that that might lead to it. I like the one with the wolves better personally, but still. Anyway. Yeah, cool.
2: So let's, well, let's, <laughs> let's let Corey Smith talk about that scene really quick. Cause so I know he's dying to talk about it.
4: Well, I would just say whether it ends with the wolves, rescuing Arya or not, I, that, that uh, Reddit guy. And I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I don't remember his name, but he might be onto something. I mean, cause th- if you think about it, what would, I mean, if, if Arya is like the last person in Winterfell and she knows she's surrounded, that would definitely freak her the hell out. Right. So Absolutely. I mean, it, it it could be some version of what he's saying. Um, I I mean, as far I, when I watched the trailer, I definitely got the fact that those were wolves and not horses, right? Yes. And,
2: so here's what I did to to confirm this, and, and this is not confirmation officially,
4: but um at first
2: I didn't think it was wolves. I thought we're we're seeing uh, a typical Miguel So Sapo <laughs> We're seeing typical Sapo horses charging towards Winterville, right? Or towards battle. And then when Corey Smith today in work at work brought this up, like this is wolves, these aren't horses. I took a closer look, I lightened it up, I magnified it, I enhanced, I super enhanced, um, and you you really can't see hooves. They're legs, and they are shorter gaits than horses. Horse has a a longer stride, a longer gait. And the tails seem to be dragging the ground or close to the ground, which is a horse would not have a tail that drags the ground. A wolf would have something that's closer to the ground than a a horse. So I'm on board with the wolf theory.
4: Yeah, and I mean, like you said a second ago, you know, they said there was a reason why we saw Nymeria in Season 7 and not Ghost, right? So... I think we're building towards... And Nymeria did have a a pack of wolves with her. um, And in the books, they talk about how Nymeria's got like a pack of wolves like a hundred strong or something like that, that she's kind of leading. In the
2: hundreds, yeah. The largest wolf pack anybody's ever seen.
4: Right, and they're just running around...
2: Uh, Excuse me, the
3: NWO wolf pack was...
4: (laughs) (laughs) New, new, new,
2: new, new world order.
4: Yeah, so um, anyways, uh, yeah... I think we're building towards that at some point in the season. Um, and, it, and what the guy said about the, you know, Arya running away, why the wolves stay behind—that makes a lot of sense. Um, at some point, I mean, because if the battle of Winterfell goes as poorly as we think it does, and basically all the heroes get their asses kicked, something's got to get them out of Winterfell, right? and I mean the dragons could do something like that but also you know the math you know if there's a large wolf pack that comes in at the last second that would definitely give them enough time to get away um, and make it south to King's Landing or something like that so so yeah I don't know I, I, I definitely think it was wolves and, and it'll be interesting to see at what point they show up <laughs> since Isis just
3: pointed out that we're 12 fucking <laughs> seconds into the trailer <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, and you're you're the one who said we're gonna be done in an hour. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like we're gonna be clearly. Oh, who... I was being facetious. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to some some of the spoiler things that we've seen in there. Yeah, there's uh, nothing in
2: that trailer worth
3: talking. We
4: haven't about. even done a commercial break for KFC yet. <laughs> hey, oh dear sorry, God! KFC. I was hoping KFC's going we're to we're the back, back burner.
0: KFC. See, I, I was really hoping that we we're gonna make it through an episode without talking about KFC.
2: Oh dear God. Well I tell you what we're not gonna get through an episode without talking about Lord of the Rings. Because guess what happens when Varys is huddling in the in the crypts with uh Gilly and baby Sam? It's Helm's Deep all over again, folks. Dun da, dun you know, da, that's dun dun because I'm
3: you know the, the Benioff and Weiss and those guys have been talking about how the only battle that compares to, on film to what we've done is Helms Deep. It totally <laughs> counts. All right, fine, it counts.
4: Yeah, but and they but they also <laughs> said that was the only because of that that was the one battle that they would go to. I, I think it was was it Sapochink who said it that he he specifically kept watching the Battle of Helms Deep to find out when people would have uh, battle fatigue.
2: Yeah, and, right. and he also watched it for POVs for characters, too. Right.
4: So, I, I mean, I think, and we'll talk about the other ones, but, I mean, I think it's natural that if you if you were watching that for inspiration, that some of that, whether intentional or not, is going to come through um, whenever you film your kind of version of it. So, I think that one, and then obviously there's the one of, uh, who is it that are, that are lining up next to each other? Uh, Brian and Pod, mm-hmm. looking. That's totally
2: Legolas and Gimli.
4: Right, the tall blonde, <laughs> and the short, kind of stout. Uh, not dark. the beard. Yeah, except Pod doesn't have the uh, beard. But yeah, I mean, not not the cock. <laughs> By the way, he torched
2: somebody for making that joke on Twitter.
4: Yeah, he he gets tired of it from what he from what I understand.
3: Well, Pod the Rod gets tired of people talking about his his dangle yes.
4: cock. The, the angle of his dangle <laughs> okay so Look,
0: I, you know as as the only female on this podcast i like to think that it's not his dingle dangle but it's what's closer up to his eyes mm. oh but anyway let's continue this well, on, is, i'm already on my second question.
2: since, since you wanted to talk about the fact that we've only made it 12 seconds into the trailer let's bump it up to um <laughs> Fifteen seconds into the trailer, where Euron Greyjoy and his ships are sailing with the Golden Company. Um, were you confused by this hold, at hold all? Hold on,
4: we did not see Euron Greyjoy. To be clear,
2: these are his ships, though these They're are his, his. ships.
4: I understand, but I'm you're saying Theon Greyjoy or Euron Greyjoy and the Golden Company, but we don't see Euron.
2: No, no, okay, I'm... Well, a hit thank you for fingers. the clarification there, clarif- the clarif- well, dude. Well, actually, well, actually, you don't see Juran Greyjoy. That, well, that could be shit important. Shit on Smith
3: for being right about things That's the best. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what the fuck?
0: <laughs> Anyways, continue. It. Go ahead. It, I mean, he is right. It, we didn't see Euron, um, but we did see um, his boat's um, that had his sigil on it on the on the mask. Um we also saw somebody with some golden locks. It wasn't season, season, season one Jamie Lannister
2: time travel. Yes,
0: back. oh my god, that's exactly what I was gonna say. If we wouldn't have known better, that was season one Jamie Lannister with those beautiful golden locks. Um, you know, not quite sure who that is. You book readers may know who the fuck it is. I really don't oh, give a is. shit. It's Oh, okay. I don't even what care or that? know. I, I don't. It's Joe Strickland.
4: He's the leader
2: of the Golden Company.
4: Okay, he's so the, uh, Captain General of the Golden Company. Okay, well, big actually, <laughs> I don't care who he is.
0: I know that he belongs to the Golden Company, and obviously, he is you know at the helm here. Uh, but that, I mean, I I while I thought that was. It was a. I loved how short that clip was because it didn't need to be any longer than that. Okay. The Golden Company is making its way somewhere. I like to believe that it's making their way over to Cersei. I don't think that they're over going to the north at all. I think someone mentioned it earlier yeah. during this podcast that this maybe the. Theory. Yeah. That the Golden Company is making it to north. I don't think that they will. I don't think Cersei believes that they're going to be coming down there. I think that she, she well, she's only thinking about herself and protecting herself. Um, and so well, she's going to want break those in, people let me break in real closer quick.
2: to her. Let me get you on this real quick. Okay, so there's a couple of parts in this trailer where we think that um, the Golden Company has made it to Winterfell. Um, there is a shot of Cersei on the throne and in the throne room. And there is a lady standing in front of her on our, our right, and it looks like it's Sansa in her Winterfell finest, uh, standing with somebody to the left, which looks to be like Harry Strickland in his best armor. So the theory is, and it's been rotating around Reddit and Twitter, is that the Golden Company attacked Winterfell after they, the, the Army of the Dead did, because what did Cersei say? We're going to wait for the army of the dead and the army of the living to fight each other and then we'll mop up the rest, right? So the Golden Company comes into Winterfell after the undead attack. Excuse me. And they kidnap Sansa and bring her back to uh,
4: King's Landing. Thoughts? I mean, you just did like nine uh, hypotheses well, I love, I, in I one want, sentence.
2: I want Isis <laughs> to tell me her thoughts because I think she's. I think she's got thoughts on this. Not you, Smith. I know right. your thoughts. All right, so, so holy shit,
0: that's a lot to happen. That's what in. I'm How saying. many episodes? How many episodes do we have? Six. I mean, I know that we they're they're super sized episode, but dude, I think you're reaching. Like, I think you're 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 reaching out to some fan fiction shit right now. Um, I I, I really do just because I'm just trying to look at how they're gonna unpack all of this. Um, you may be right. You may be right. I'm just trying to look at what the timeline is. The the two things that they they must address. They you know must address the shit that's happening up north, and they must address this golden company and Cersei and everything. And I just don't see how the golden company is gonna first, you know. Go up north I, – I just don't see it because I think Cersei, for her, it's going to be, hey, I want them surrounded protecting me, not going uh, going ahead and beating – trying to beat not, them up at the north.
2: Well, I they're not going to – okay, they're not going to land in the north like Cori Thone's theory was. Sorry, Cori Thone, your theory was completely blown up by this trailer um, because we've seen Cersei and Kyburn looking off the battlements of the Red Keep in the ocean – Obviously, saying that Euron's Great Joy ships are coming into harbor, bringing it into the Golden Company. What I'm saying is that the Golden Company lands at King's Landing and she sends them up north because there is a screen grab of soldiers running toward a gate. One, They all are armored and they are running towards what looks like the Winterfell Gate. Um, and it's closed. Okay. And so, this, so. this screen grab has a gentleman, an officer, or a lord, in ornate armor and a cloak on the left side of the picture, running with his armored men. We've seen the armor that the Winterfell soldiers are wearing. It's plain. It's dressed down. Even armor armor's plain. This person's wearing ornate armor and has a cloak and has his helmet off, which means he's an important character because we just see his face. So we think... The theory is that the Goldman company gets up north and waits till after the undead attack. Then they swoop in and take who they want and leave.
0: Well, I mean, but that's supposing that that there are going to be people who are going to be alive up north. I mean, at the very, at at the most, you know, Cersei believes that the undead is probably going to kill them all, or the vast majority of them. Um... And then, you know, then supposing that those people are going to make their way all the way to King's Landing to try to, you know, to try to go ahead and take, do you know, take over. But I will say this. There's a moment where we have Jamie Lannister and he looks like he's fighting. and Well, he is fighting and he's all bloodied up and he and there's a bunch of fire around him. And there's a point where he's screaming and and I've looked at it. I don't know twenty million times,
2: <laughs> thirty
0: different ways, and you think that the blonde with the wispy hair, which I will give kudos to um, to uh, Corey Smith, who said this in his article on uh, on Wick uh, about the wispy hair, and to me that is total Brienne. That's that's Brienne. That's her short hair. That's her body build. Everything, but when you see Jamie screaming. He's not saying Brienne. And I, I mean, I have rewound this and looked at it a million times. Looked at the, 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 the you know, the closed he's captioning. Not, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, not saying Brienne. Brienne. It looks like to me he's saying Braun. And if that's Braun that he is screaming. And Braun is back at, with Cersei. That leads me to believe that he's with the Golden Company. Boom.
2: I can't see Braun stay. I, my theory is that Braun catches up with Jamie on the road to Winterfell. And we just don't see him in the trailers yet. Like I don't think Braun would stay with Cersei. First of all, this is a real life story. Um, Lena Headey and Jeremy Flynn—they
3: hate each other.
2: They hate each other. They had a bad breakup, and they have a—they have in their contracts they can't be in the same scene together. In seven seasons, they were in one scene together, and it was Cersei leaving Tyrion's room. And they didn't look at each other. It was a quick Cersei walked out, Bronn was looking down, and then Bronn walked into Tyrion's room. They hate each other. So it would be a waste of Bronn's story to have him at King's Landing. Um, I think he catches up with Jamie on the road to Winterfell because he is basically in contract with Jamie or Tyrion. Cersei's well, not I was, I was trying contract. to make
0: the point. No, I was trying to make the point of that you may be right in the fact that he hitches a ride with the Golden Company to go up north, like you were saying. I think if, and he's, if he's yelling
2: Bronn's he name, bronze. Bron to, has been taken down by some by somebody outside the walls of Winterfell because – I listen, I know I, – I, I read the same article by Quarition, and we had some debate about this at work today. Um,
4: Just a little,
2: a little bit of debate. Yeah. I do not believe that the person on the battlements is Brienne. In fact, HBO or not HBO, Game of Thrones started doing gifs, and it did a gif of that character swinging its sword across the battlements of of Winterfell, and then sh- zooming in on um Jaime, and it had Jamie's quote from this from the uh trailer. That leads everybody to believe that person swinging that sword that you can't exactly see is actually Jamie whether he has Oathkeeper in his hands or not it's hard to tell i get it we are arguing about the sword he has in his hands but what you do see beside Jamie is Pod so Podrick is on the battlements of Winterfell with Jamie fighting i don't think that Jamie outlives Brienne i think unless this trailer is telling us that Podrick attaches himself to to Jamie, after Brienne dies, I just can't see it happening. I think that uh, Jamie Jamie's story is going to be a heroic ending, and he's going to die in Brienne's arms. That's my that's my thought. But I could be one hundred percent wrong on that.
0: I'm just saying that I think that that Jamie is screaming for Bron. It's not Brienne. It's Bron. That's a
4: good, for, That's a great for thought. Almost yeah, but he could sure, be screaming I mean, for her if. He could still be screened for Braun if Braun's dying below him. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be But Braun the fact
0: is... that Braun is... Well, the fact that Bron is wherever Jamie is, to me, is an important point. Whether he gets there by hitching a ride with the Golden Company or going on his own, I have no idea. But it would lead to some, you know, kind of credence to the, nor- the uh, Golden Company coming up to the north if they went first to um, to Cersei first, is what my point was.
2: <laughs> well, let's get into that really quick. Phone you've held uh, for a long time that the Golden Company is going to put in somewhere around White Harbor in the north so they could attack Winterfell like Cersei wants them to. This trailer shows Cersei and Kyburn looking down the battlements of uh, the Red Keep into the ocean, which kind of leans into the fact that the Golden Company lands at King's Landing. Uh, are you ready to walk back your
3: thoughts on that yet? Uh, sure. I mean, I'm not that invested in it. It's more you don't, just you
2: don't, you don't love it.
3: No, nah, I mean we don't know that's what they're looking at, but it probably is. Uh, I it could also be uh, the Dothraki, but whatever. So I want to go back to what you guys were talking about with the wispy haired gentleman on the embattlement. <laughs> I'm watching... I'm not, uh, the GIF, it doesn't look like this. The GIF looks different. But the three screenshots, screen grabs Razor. This gentleman has both hands on the sword. Then he's swinging the sword with what is looks to be his left hand. And then in the last one, he's got the sword in his right hand. So this person has switched hands with the sword, which would make you think that it's not Jamie. It's
2: a good point, too. But
3: point. in the GIF... When it's not broken down and it's all one fluid motion, it looks like it's just subtly in his right hand. But wasn't Jamie's right hand cut off?
2: Yes, yeah. he's only got one hand to swing with. This him.
3: dude is swinging a sword with his right hand, one hundred percent. So, anyway, not to burst your bubble, but the
2: sword
3: burst. is one hundred percent in his no. right hand. No, <laughs> in, yeah,
2: no, I and that's that's the one thing that made me and Smith. Our argument ended was when I agreed that the person on the battlements is using two hands. So Game of Thrones could be just a- adding a gif and just showing us somebody sure. on the battlements, whatever. Who cares? But <laughs> when um, it
3: comes to Cersei looking out over the embattlements or whatever it is you were talking about, her and Qyburn, Um I mean, we see them outside. Kybern is saying something. Uh, hold
4: on, hold on, that's not Kybern talking.
3: Okay, see I don't.
4: Okay. It, it sounds like and I compared it's it. It's Brand, it's Brand talking. No. It, I think and I compare I pulled up a lot of audio of of him talking. I think it's uh Harry Strickland. I think it's Mark Reisman. What? Uh, because when I first heard the trailer and I heard him him talking, it it sounded very unfamiliar to me. It didn't sound like any of the other characters. Uh, that I knew, and well, I, I, I'm gonna
0: call bullshit. And, we, and let's be honest, the guy just went through puberty, so his voice is going to change.
2: It's 100 percent brand. He's talking brand. to say about that is shit. Where is you belong you're, you're 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 where you belong. All these events brought you to where you belong.
0: Yep, Smith, you I, idiot. Jesus Christ, fuck, hell's wrong with you.
4: What is wrong with that guy? Uh, I no, know. seriously,
0: I mean, I, I'm not – I mean, it it could be, but it doesn't make sense because we don't know that voice. Why use a voiceover for someone we don't even fucking know and who has no connection to what, what he's but saying? But that's
4: my point. If we don't know who it is, it's got to be a new character we're getting introduced to in season eight. I, I, yeah. I don't know.
0: That's not how this thing works, babe. That's not how this thing works. Yeah, babe, uh, they're not going to go ahead and start a fucking new character on a voiceover of someone we don't even know.
2: She does, saying? She just blessed your heart, even... you.
0: I... <laughs> I did bless your heart. No, she's um, straight,
3: Dennis Miller, you babe.
0: But I'm I'm just serious, <laughs> like you know, there's this, there's no way they're going to go ahead and introduce a voiceover to a character we who we don't know the voice of or we don't know very well, um, and then to say something that would. Doesn't seem like it would be in character. It me what he's saying sounds like it's in character for someone who's the three eyed raven, not Amen. somebody who is somebody we don't even really know that well. Um, I would
4: agree on that point that it does the 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 comment itself, the last part about being home, does strike me as someone speaking to someone else that they're familiar with, as opposed to Harry Strickland would be basically a stranger to Cersei. Right.
0: Well, not only that, but he also makes the comment about that everything has led you to this point. Who who would be the only person who would know that? But someone who can look at the past and at the future, right? That's
2: that's Brand talking to John, probably. Speaking it could of be
0: talking to John, or it could be talking to Danny too, because he's like, "Hey, y'all, y- you know, this is your auntie, and y'all fucking, because I saw you all on that boat sex. So that's... I'm just I'm just trying to to it, it it it's more plausible for me that it be Bran, um, more than anybody else because of what he had said. And then not only that, but we also get a visual of, you know, them at the Crips as well. Which is to gonna I'm trying to transition us over to the Crips.
4: Well, I was gonna say speaking of Bran, how are they gonna <laughs> deal with uh you know, John or, or somebody's gonna stop by before the battle and be like Hey, any tips, you know, since, like, you can see the future and you're all-knowing. And Brandon's going to be like, uh, yeah, y'all are all fucked. Um, Might as well just pack it up. And they're going to be like, all right, good talk. Like, how are they going to deal with that?
2: can he see the future,
4: though? It's the past.
2: (laughs) Everything that's ever happened in the past.
0: Well, but at the same time, he just basically said that everything that happens was supposed to happen. So if he goes and tells them... What's going to happen in the future? Wouldn't that change what's going to happen? He's not going to tell them.
2: He's oh going to tell them what it's happened. A time, the- it's a time paradox.
4: It
0: is. It's a time paradox. I feel like I'm talking about fucking, you know, Doctor Who or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm all I'm trying to say is this, is that, you know, he is not going to get, a, get in the middle of something that is going to change the future, the, the future that he sees forward. Um, so I don't see him doing that but I definitely see him making light of what things that happened in the past i.e. what you know the real parentage of uh, of Jon Snow is. So I mean I, that's just me. I think that let's, he I like to that.
2: segue I like to segue to the crypts because let's talk about that scene really quick. We've got um, you know Jon and Danny down in the crypts. And Danny's walking toward John. And when she gets up close, we see that he's, he looks upset. Okay. So Corey Smith, I want you to walk me through this. He really looks upset in this picture. Think he's looking at Liana or is he looking at like Ned or Rickon or somebody else?
4: I don't, you know, this scene really kind of threw me for a loop because if you take John's reaction by itself, right, it, you kind of think, okay, John just, just found out about his parentage, right? You know, this is the moment he found it out. He's kind of sitting down in the crypts. He's trying to make sense of it all. You know, holy shit, I'm banging my aunt. Uh, holy shit, I'm really the heir to this Seven Kingdoms. I'm not actually a bastard. Um, you know, all that stuff, right? But then you cut to Danny, and Danny comes up and seems like, if John just found that out, Danny seems really cool with it. Because... <laughs> that's true right like danny doesn't have that okay like if she knew what he knew she you you feel like she would have a similar reaction like holy shit we're related and we've been banging for however many months on the boat and all that stuff but she seems more like she's there to comfort him about something else so she's probably there like
2: everybody everybody's favorite aunt like it's okay baby i'm a targaryen i've been one for a while We do this kind of thing.
4: Yeah, I mean, so that that scene threw me kind of, like I said, for a loop. I'm not quite sure because their reactions don't necessarily match up. The only thing that I can think is this is after someone close to John died and Danny is kind of comforting him about that and they still haven't learned about their heritage, their shared, you know, family tree is is the only thing that kind of makes sense to me because their reactions are just so different um, in that one shot. So.
2: so how long do you think the secret remains safe and and guarded? I'm sorry, what do you mean? The secret? Of,
3: <laughs> what do you think I mean? The, you know, secret the of, biggest secret the, on the, the biggest entire secret, fucking yeah. show. Have
4: you been watching Game of Thrones?
3: Oh... Wow man, I wish I could think of something clever to say, but to be honest, I got up to pee and I literally sat back down like 20 seconds ago. So I don't know what you're talking about. But the, the secret, secret is the keep the secret. secret, keep it safe. And it's just don't put it in fire and take it to, you know, Mount
2: Westeros and throw
3: it into the sea or whatever.
2: That's, that's exactly the answer I needed. No, but the secret is, how long does the secret of John and John's parentage stay safe uh, when John gets there to Winterfell? How long before Bran reveals a big secret? Because we all know Sam can't keep a secret. And <laughs> he's going to be like a happy Cocker Spaniel peeing on the floor he's so excited to see John. And he's just waiting to bust at the seams. To tell John the secret. So how long does it remain safe?
3: I don't know. I Maybe episode two. I think by the battle. They'll know. I think, uh, I think the battle will be. Because I, I figure what will happen is. They'll find out. John will pull back a little. Because it's weird and gross. <laughs> and then. Um, the battle will happen. And you know. Near death experiences. Always have a way of. Showing you what's important, and John will remember. Man, I just really kind of love this Danny chick, and so they'll just be fine with it <laughs> 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 after the battle, maybe. So,
2: well, now, we can we can skip ahead. A lot of this stuff is just you know we've got a lot of scenes. We still have Arya running in a lot of the scenes through the corridors. Um, we've got we've already talked about um, Cersei with a smirk on her face, looking down over the battlements of the Red Keep. Um, we've got the, the Unsullied marching in Winterfell. We've seen that before. Um, Sansa wasn't in this trailer a lot. Um, she was there for the dragon flyby. Um, Drogon did request a flyby from the Winterfell Tower, but it was denied because, um, everything was full. He didn't care. He still did a flyby. Uh, but that was the roughest top gun for all you youngins out there. Um, and then, um, she was there she got one shot. She got one nice clean shot. Looked like the one from when she's about to welcome Danny to Winterfell. So um she wasn't in the trailer a lot. Tyrion was in for one and only scene and he's looking up I'm guessing that John and Danny riding dragons. Uh anybody else is uh the pattern is full. Thank you Isis they requested a flyby, but the pattern is full. Negative Ghost Rider. So, thank you guys for that. Um, But, uh, <laughs> we, uh... I couldn't remember the exact lines. I just knew it was in the movie. Um, We did get a passionate kiss from Grey, Grey Worm and Sande Isis. I mean, <sighs> it, it was heat. That shit was
0: straight fire. All right? Fire! Like, I mean, she was putting all up in it. He was putting all up in it. I felt like I was listening to some John Legend kind of song in the background. you know it was it was straight up fire um it was it was the type of kiss of like, if this is gonna be the last kiss that we're ever gonna have. We are gonna make this shit count
2: and gray worm is a hundred percent dying in, in the battle of Wonderful. oh I, yeah
0: there there's no way that man survives i I love me some gray worm but there's just he's i mean tears will be shed when he's dead but I, I I think that was another level um to show that they did have a relationship that going forward and it's I think it's really interesting um because there's a part of the voiceover that I feel like really speaks to him um and about that, you know, God, what is it? It's something about when they pan to him and they're kissing and you hear John say something to the effect of um, something like they're, they have no feelings. And then you see him have feelings, you know, he, yeah. you know, or they, the dead don't have feelings. And that was the same thing um, that they used to say about the, the Unsullied you know that that they had a feeling and so i really felt like that was a a really kind of poignant moment um and then not only that but you know not to get into my 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 other beautiful little man um Gendry, you know about that he doesn't stop. I felt like that was a really kind of fun. I actually laughed uh, because you know it kind of reminds me of him running and not stopping until he got to where he <laughs> needed to go last season. But it was I felt like it was very pointed, you know, to each of those um, scenes, and um, and so that was the the point that kind of came across to me is that this person who was not supposed to, you know, let's say what the kids say, catch feelings um did and and uh and that was really nice to see even if he is going to die.
2: Okay, so I want to talk about really quick uh Cersei in this trailer does drink some wine.
4: Fake um, baby fake baby Yeah um no 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 that doesn't she, mean fake baby.
2: She, she's got tears on her eyes, first of all. When if you look at this part, um when she's drinking wine she has actual tears in her eyes. I'm thinking, she just learned that one of her two siblings, remaining siblings, just died, and it wasn't Tyrion. <laughs> and um, so she's like, she's in her PJs. First of all, she's not in the Iron Throne. She's in her rooms at the Red Keep, and she looks shook. Like she's definitely shook and. She's drinking wine to calm herself, and it's not working. And there are tears in her eyes. I'm thinking she just learned that th- that Winterfell was overrun and Jamie died at the battle. Um, Smith, you care to d- jump in on this because you, you don't think the baby's fake?
4: No, no, no. I uh, I'm on the fence on that. I just don't think that the wine is a is an indicator one way or another. It's not like they knew back then that wine was bad for you when you're pregnant so she yes,
3: did she turned down wine to Tyrion because she was oh, pregnant fuck you and your
4: good point um
3: <laughs> i, no, I, I mean, don't know honestly it might not be a fake baby i think she might have lost the baby possibly yeah. or it's a fake baby a One of either way i don't I don't know if that's the moment she's gonna find out that Jamie died or not. Um, yeah,
4: I just here's my thing, and, and oh I mean...
3: my god, holy shit! Do you know what I just had an idea of? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Drop it on us. Give us that epiphany. The theory that we just talked about from that wonderful Reddit post that Arya is stuck in Winterfell, or maybe went back to Winterfell. Right? What if she went back to Winterfell to get Jamie's face? so that she could get close to Cersei and kill her.
2: Oh, my God. There's
3: no way that's going to happen that's absurd. Never
2: in a million years, but But I fucking love it.
3: Let's not pretend like that wouldn't be the coolest shit ever.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. I am so in love with that right now. I am here for that.
3: (laughs) Anyway, Smith, you're talking about some other shit no one cared about. What
4: was that again? (laughs) <laughs> I don't even fucking remember myself. You were talking about right, Cersei's, Cersei's pregnancy or whatever. No, I just don't, I don't think that that's the moment Jamie she finds out Jamie's dead. Um, I think that when they say that we have lots of beloved heroes uh, dead on the ground outside the walls of Winterfell or whatever, I just for me, oh, I think a lot of those people are going to be characters that don't necessarily have a lot of story left to wrap up. Right, so, so I don't think we're gonna get Jamie dead at Winterfell. I don't think we're gonna get the Hound dead at Winterfell. I think those guys, you know, characters like that, they still have things to wrap up before they die. Whereas, if someone like say Jorah Mormont, uh, Grey Worm, uh, Podrick, Gendry, those are the kind of characters I could see dying. Grey Worm um at Winterfell because yeah, they're they're characters that we know and we love and, and they're our heroes, but they don't necessarily have a whole lot of story left to take care of before the season, you know, before the series wraps up. So like Yeah, James, it won't
3: be any of the three Starks or a Targaryen dead at right. Winterfell.
2: It's gonna be I, yeah, like, I definitely believe that Jor dies at the yeah, battle me too. In fact yeah. like, the trailer shows him mounted um with yeah, let's what...
4: talk about that that shot for a second because... yeah let's talk
2: about this somebody has pointed out in our comment section that um the sword that he's riding with in that shot is heart's veins so yes. it looks like samuel tarley gave his sword to a very capable warrior
4: well i mean in yeah and kudos to the the commenter who who pointed it out because i I mean, for fuck's sake, we've talked about it. That the trailer is incredibly dark. It's hard to see anything in the trailer. Um, but this guy pointed out it looks like Heartsbane, and I pulled up the image. It looks a hell of a lot like Heartsbane. And if you think about it, I mean, if Sam and Jorah are reunited, and you know, Sam's got Heartsbane, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for Sam to be like, listen, you can do a lot more with this sword than I can, right? um and right right jor Jor is going to be out on the front lines and he's going to be you know right in the thick of things so makes a lot more sense for jor to be carrying heartsbane than you know than sam you know wherever he's going to be during the battle so the
2: thing is it's not it's somebody somebody said well heartsbane can't be carried in a side sheath it's not in a side sheath it's in a, a saddle sheath so that means that Jorah, if he's carrying vein, has it holstered basically in the saddle. He can pull it out and use it as he's riding down White Walkers or whatever.
4: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to the him for for spotting that because that was one of the details that that we missed. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that was Heart'sbane, which would be pretty and you know pretty fucking cool to see. You know that make what. Five Valerian steel weapons at Winterfell um, between Longclaw, uh, Jamie and Brienne, and then Arya's dagger. Um, mm-hmm. We've kind of all seen we've seen those weapons kind of navigate north uh, through different ways. So that I be will pretty point out. Cool. I'd like
2: to point out in that EW article, Sam Bradley was talking about uh, filming. Um, we are right. Winterfell does get overrun because Sam. Uh, John Bradley talked about filming his scenes with, with Sapo. And he was all excited. He was very happy to film scenes with Sapo. Like, you he, he got a chance to film action scenes. And so he fought really hard during his action scenes. And Sapo had to stop rolling camera and be like, no, 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 no. You're Samuel Tarly. You don't know how to fight. You got you to gotta act like you don't know what you're doing. You're basically swinging around a stick hoping somebody doesn't kill you so
4: I I mean I I sort of agree with that but also like you gotta figure Sam's picked up one or two things you know during between being in the Night's Watch and fighting the wildlings and all that stuff you know what I mean
0: oh yeah Yeah. the Citadel just gave him fucking a plethora (laughs) of knowledge on how to defend himself and not Not only that but I'm not saying he's Bruce fucking
4: Lee out there I'm just saying (laughs) like Jesus he had to have Christ. picked up one or two tips.
2: <laughs> I love Isis. Okay, yeah, no. I. <laughs> so let's just say Jorah gets heart's pain and be done with it. <laughs> I,
4: I, right, either way, whatever happens, Jorah, it, it seems pretty clear that Jorah has heart So,
2: Which makes better sense than Sam, who's hiding in Winterfell safely with everybody else.
4: Correct. Yes, and then um,
0: he's with he's with our other dude though. He's with um, varies man. Varies is the, hiding out too.
2: Well, wherever Bran is, you can count Sam to probably be there. There, and the, if you noticed in the trailer, Bran is talking to Sam. Sam turns his head, and he's breathing uh, a mist. Uh, like he's like it's cold, and that's the signature. I mean, we we've seen them inside Winterfell before, and they're not breathing cold air. It's it's warm where they are. They've got fires going, so it, that's the signature that the Night King has shown up. So Sam turns around and he's breathing fog out of his mouth. Um, that wherever wherever Bran is, Sam is, and they're about to get they're about to prepare for battle. So I can't imagine John leaving Sam in charge of Bran's protection, but I also don't know. I mean, you have to put Bran somewhere safe. Um, we don't think the crypts are are wheelchair accessible. Somebody have to carry him down. Um, so I don't know where he goes. I don't know what happens. Who knows, really? Well, and you've got okay. to go ahead, Isis.
0: No, baby, you go.
3: I was just saying you've got to have somebody near Bran who can, I guess, narratively whatever, ask the right questions, keep him interesting. Because as it is right now, Bran is just as a narrative person, as a device, is so boring.
2: You're absolutely right.
3: And if you put Sam with him, then you have someone who has a thirst for knowledge and is always asking questions next to basically a human version of Bing. So...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree with you, Thone. Um, it is ba- you're absolutely right. Um, and And I'd like to say... I mean, is it is there a possibility? And again, I'm not a book reader. I don't know why I feel like I have to caveat that. Probably because I'm on my third glass of wine. Wait, I are
4: you not a book reader? I'm not. Since a, when? Oh my god!
0: So, um, is there maybe some, you know, were the, were, were the, uh, crypts built by, um, Brand Brand know, the Builder? Yeah, Brand the built. Thank you. I, was, <laughs> I almost said something else. Uh brand the builder to where there is some kind of um you know magic in the crypts to c- protect these people like how did they know
2: that going Oh, to the I do you be...
3: even know the can of worms from these books that I, you I, just I know in. seriously let's I'm do not, not even going there.
2: I'm not
3: Oh Jesus.
2: There. Did,
0: did they just did they just all ejaculate at once?
3: Uh, yes, anyway. They did. Okay. Can I can I give a non-book reader summation for ISIS? Because I've actually heard a lot about this over the past few weeks, um, and I feel like I can sum it up quick enough to answer her question. And anybody that also that's a Shonley listening, um, yes, it's uh, to answer your question. Yes, if Brand the Builder built it, it's magical AF, and he <laughs> he is. Uh, you know, they don't know in the show. They haven't gone into it in the books they don't have any clue where the crypts go, how deep they go and what the shit is in there. All they know is where the Stark caskets and statues are basically like there's other stuff in there too. And like the general theory has always been that, um, brand, the builder put some sort of like, uh, magic, as long as a Stark sits on the throne at Winterfell, as long as there's a Stark in Winterfell, then like whatever evil shit that they buried under Winterfell is is not going to rise. But uh, you know, So the Night King might let a bunch of dead Starks wake up and, and bum-rush them from inside the castle has been a theory, but that really doesn't work because they'd all be bones and dust at this point. Yeah, but except- what we've
4: seen them attack as just skeletons. It's just Seth skeletons, but but Rickon's even there.
3: Rickon is the only one in there. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> there comes a point, though, Smith, where, like, I mean, we saw some of those skeletons could be toppled over with a rock. You know, like, they, they're almost. Hey, let's
2: useful. be honest, it's Rickon. He couldn't run in a zigzag, so. Exactly. He's. Like, <laughs> his, uh, <laughs> uh,
3: whatever. Catelyn isn't in there. They threw in a river, so we won't get a, a brief stone <laughs> moment or anything. God so, damn it. Uh, Basically, to answer your question, I said yes, and there's a lot of people saying that as Bran is jacked into the Westerosi matrix and he's going through history, he's going to influence people to plant things in the crypts that could then be used in the modern timeline uh, of, of like what's happening at the Battle of Winterfell. Also, the idea that it's called Winterfell because that's the spot where Winter will fall. Or whatever, where like the man will lose or the knight's king will lose, whatever. All of those things have been talked about ad nauseum, and and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how much it's. It's interesting to talk about. We've done on here before, like how much power Bran actually wields over adjusting the timeline, because like we've seen him yell at his dad and he made his dad turn around. We've seen him mess with Hodor, but that was because Hodor was in immediate. Like he used Hodor as a conduit. He didn't just, he didn't just like look at Hodor and then make him, you know, Hodor out. There was more to it. So,
2: guy Bran broke Hodor. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much if Bran, because, you know, we talked about on here before that possibly Bran going back through history and like a, you know, at a breakneck speed, trying to find ways to kill walkers is what's going to accidentally drive the Targaryen King crazy. Right. Burn them all and shit. Like we talked about all that kind of stuff in here too. So ISIS, I think that there is a chance that if they're going to lean really hard into brand being like magical like that, that he's going to put, have them store things in the crypt that can be used to fight walkers later. Maybe.
2: John Snow's zombies will come from there. Okay, well, Jon Snow in season seven said, "I guess my brother's a three eyed raven now." Like he got a he got a raven from Winterfell, from Sansa. And he's like, "Brans, my brother Bran, who apparently is a three eyed raven now." I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and so he, John's going to tap into that knowledge base. He a hundred percent believes in this shit. He's seen it. He knows about it. And when Sam goes, yeah, I let your brother north of the wall, he was there, so yeah, it's all my fault, and yeah, he knows about your parentage, when that's revealed, Jon's going to tap into Bran's knowledge, and yeah, they're going to try to, they're not going to leave everybody at the back of Helm's Deep, since, since Helm's Deep on in, in Westeros doesn't have an exit out the back, they're not going to leave everybody down the, in the bottom of the crypts without without something to protect themselves. But, um... Anyway, let's talk about one more thing. The fact that Barrack and Tormund are alive and they did survive
4: the Only fall. Only one more thing?
2: Well, <laughs> let's talk about the major thing. Um, yes. the, the fact that, that we see Ed, Lord Commander Ed, leading Barrick with his multi tool, multi purpose sword, which is now a flashlight. Through a dark hallway, I'm not sold that it's Castle Black. I'm kind of on the board. I'm on the fence. Either it's Castle Black or it's walking down toward the crypts of Winterfell. I don't know. There's been lots of people talking about it. Um, I don't know. Smith, is is it really important? We all knew they lived, right? Basically, we knew that, that Tormund and Beric lived.
4: I don't know that we knew for sure. I mean, they killed freaking all kinds of characters off screen, um, throughout the series. So I don't know for sure that we knew they live, but we are pretty, we pretty much assumed they were going to be back at some point. Um, but, and, and I think to me, the fact that the three of them are together is significant because they're, they're all, you know, obviously they're all up at the wall, uh, Ed theoretically is over at Castle Black, which is west of where we saw uh, Tormund and, and Barrack last. But eventually they would link up. And as to where they are, I mean, yeah, I don't think. I mean, just from going through screenshots of of uh, Winterfell and Castle Black, I I don't necessarily think that they're either one of those locations uh, based on the the stone arch that they're kind of seen going through when, when Beric has his flashlight sword. Um, so to me, it, it almost seems like maybe they're at one of the other castles in the north that we haven't necessarily seen on screen. Um, either Last Hearth, which is where the Umbers um, castle is, or maybe the Dreadfort, where the, the Boltons war, were, or Carhold, uh yeah. All all those castles are in the north and fairly close to the wall. And we talked about this last week about how we think we're going to get some, before the Battle of Winterfell happens, we're going to get some shots of learning that the White Walkers are headed south towards Winterfell, right? Yeah. So if these guys are, you know, holed up in any of those castles I just mentioned, um, and they're going out to see something real quick, um, that would make a lot of sense because maybe they didn't have time to get down to Winterfell, but they're at, you know, they're at last hearth or their car hold or something like that. Um, you know, and that all plays into the fact that I think most of the footage in this trailer was either episode one or episode three. Oh,
3: right. 100%. This, this didn't go past episode
2: yeah. three.
4: Right. I agree. So, I agree. So we're talking about this is a scene early on in the in the season where those three guys are in a castle. They probably fled Castle Black because it's not a very defensible position. Um, I'm sure it's been
2: overrun and they, they escaped.
4: Right. And so then they're in one of the other castles, but not Winterfell. They don't make it to Winterfell. So um you know the fact that they're alive right now you know we see them alive in the trailer they may not stay alive for very long so
2: i think they make it to winterfell personally we've seen some spoilers out there that talk about flaming swords that attack uh giant um dots on a screen for cgi effect uh i think they make it back to winterfell and barrick leads the charge but i could be wrong um i want to i want to wrap things up here um before we do, I want to get some thoughts from each one of you. Uh, Isis, I know. Hang on, a...
3: hang on. Talk to me. Talk
2: okay, to me. okay. Phone, 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 phone. Give me your thoughts on this trailer. Um, w- You know, we've talked about all the screen cap breakdowns of that we can, but if we missed something or just your general thoughts, uh, basically on the trailer.
3: Well, I think that this was probably the most minimalist trailer that we've seen from Game of Thrones, at least in the last few seasons. Uh, because it really I mean everything from the music to like any sort of scenes we actually see, like what they basically did here was say, hey, everyone is in the same spot <laughs> and the White Walkers are coming and it's not gonna go well. Like that's right. that's it. Like that's all that's truly that's all we got from this trailer. And then a few shots of Cersei and then the hints that John rides a dragon, and then the I think the trolling shot of Tyrion getting burned to death.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's Which, right. There is a dragon in the dark that comes out of nowhere and blows fire. Yeah, and then uh, right
3: after they show Tyrion, like that whole theory can and go it, die in a in a fire.
2: They, they show Danny with her eyes closed. She looks really shook. Yeah, really upset.
3: I do think that they end up I don't know but it's not going to be Tyrion that's I just if the, I swear to god if the show ends cuz there haven't been any huge leaks right H- unless I've just missed them No like,
2: there's been and, really no no verified leaks no.
3: There've been some people get a few things right that you'll see in the trailers but they're not able to confirm how the show ends because they've had it under lock and key. And the the guy that's like, yeah, Tyrion betrays everybody.
2: <laughs> Dude, I swear to God if they do, that, that would piss I will, me off so much. I will say this. The guy who says that Tyrion is put on trial for treason at the end of the season uh-huh. is Freaky Doctor from, from the Free Folk. He's the one that told everybody the trailer was coming today, and nobody knew except for No, no,
3: no, no, the guy saying that is a, there's two, there's two accounts, I've looked it up, there's two accounts saying that, um, that Tyrion betrays everyone, and, yeah, and but I, even if they knew the trailer was coming today, I still don't believe that, that was just, I mean, again, as we've talked about before on the podcast here, that, that, um, even It's bad
2: writing, it's terrible writing.
3: Well, not just terror writing, you've only got six episodes, so like you're gonna really have to like re it's the same thing whenever you know we talk about um you know John betraying Danny or something like you just would really have to rewrite a character that you've spent all this time building so. Um, anyway, I like the trailer. Uh I, I don't think it was the best trailer of all time. It was certainly very minimalist, like and I it, said,
2: and But I think it was what it needed to be. It didn't have to have all the bells and whistles. They
3: didn't eat. need a trailer. Like they Amen. you didn't have it to have a trailer to get me hyped, bro. I've been hyped. So that's my take on it. Um I guess we we really didn't talk a lot about the last scene, but the thing with the frozen or the the white horse leg, the you know, the zombie horse legs. That's a on good a, point on a frozen no. tundra. I mean, that just that just confirms you know what's coming.
2: So. I point uh, Dan Selke, our editor in chief, was going to join us for Take the Black because we were going to record on Thursday, but he had prior engagements tonight. He pointed out he was asking us today uh, who was missing from the trailer, and we were all like. Uh, you know, bronze missing. Um, you know, some other other names popped up, and Melisandre's not in the trailer. And I said the Night King, and Dan said, "Well, no, not really. He's got he's all over this trailer. His presence is felt throughout this entire trailer. They they didn't need to show the Night King. The undead horse legs was completely enough. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, but basically this this trailer was like." Shit gets bad, and it's because the Night King attacks Winterfell.
3: But, Yeah, um, so, yeah I, I think. Yeah, I mean, and like like Smith has said a second ago, um, pretty much everything we saw in this trailer is episodes one, two, three. And so we still have three more that we've probably seen little to no footage
2: from. So. It's a great point. Isis, uh, wrapping things up, what stands out to you the most? What did you feel like? After watching this, we all know you did everything you could to enjoy every last inch of this trailer. Uh, so wh- final thoughts, shoot them at us.
0: Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, so people that we did not see in this trailer, uh, we didn't see the Greyjoys. We didn't
2: the- see them. and Yara.
0: Yeah, it, we didn't see them at all. Um, or Euron. Still some kind of, you know, or, or Euron. Um, So, So I, I feel like this is some kind of dangling Chad that's still out of there. Um, that we don't know, uh, you know what's going on with that, and then you know the the fucking sand snakes from th- uh, from um, from Dorn. Uh We didn't see them in the trailer. Not that I necessarily needed to see them, but I am still thinking about them. I, you know, as somebody coming into season eight, I am still thinking about what the fuck is going on with them. They're fucking um, dead. But- They're dead. I look. I just would like some (laughs) visual confirmation. That's all I'm asking for. Let's just wrap that storyline up. Let's button it up, brother. Let's tie it, tidy it up with a nice little bow, and uh, and I'm good to go. But I, I really, I'm more invested, of course, in the Greyjoys. I want. I mean, we made this whole big scene of. Of uh, fucking, um, you know, Theon. Theon talking to John and you know that he was gonna, you know, had this fight to go ahead and bring his team back together. Anyway, I just really would like to, you know, see where that leads to. Um, but I, I, I personally really we haven't see... seen the fucking phrase. Where the fuck are the phrase?
4: They're all dead.
0: Well, they They're all in a fucking pie. <laughs>
4: Do you watch the fucking show either? Yeah, I
0: mean, dude, they're they're in a fucking pie, um. So you know, I really, really appreciate that, and I think that's great. Um, where
2: the fuck is Ned and Catelyn? God damn it! Yeah, where the fuck are they?
4: Uh, are but, you yeah, the guy really, who watches um, it Out of Order? What? <laughs> <laughs> that guy on YouTube who's been watching the whole series. I oh, don't know. that fucking douchebag. No, I don't watch that. What, no,
0: he's an idiot.
4: Yeah. Um, so, so,
2: I'm so sorry. I
0: really, really appreciate the the trailer that was put out. Um, did they need a trailer? No, they didn't. But I actually enjoyed the process of dissecting this whole, um, this whole trailer because this is it. This guys, this is sincerely it. This is this is all that's going to be. We're not going to have you know, another trailer, Um, you know, this, this is what we have. And so, you know, for me, I'm going to soak it up the best way I know how to. And I hope other people's other people are doing the exact same thing um, that they're really just enjoying it, just getting fully immersed into it, getting hype, if you will, um, for the possibility of fucking clean bowl or whatever the case may be. (laughs) Um, I'm really just enjoying the moment of what we have left. And um, and so yeah, I pr- I really truly appreciate that. Now I will say this: if they mess with Arya or my beautiful Gen- uh, gendry, we're gonna have some issues. I'm gonna be <laughs> fucking up. I'm gonna I'm gonna be wrecking some dicks. That's all I'm gonna say.
4: <laughs> Corey
2: Smith, I was gonna ask you your final thoughts, but um, I know that you like to enjoy your Game of Thrones trailers with uh, a nice warm bath um, and some
4: soft music fuck i'm sorry
2: no you go ahead and give me wrap it up give me some uh thoughts uh
4: i mean i think that we've hit kind of the the biggest points um clearly yeah they were holding their cards close to the chest i will say you know when they they cut to that moment at the end i thought we were going to get something bigger than just seeing the the horse the two horse legs on the on the field, that's, right?
2: that's needed, though. I,
4: I, I understand. I'm just saying, like, it felt like the trailer was building to something maybe a little bit bigger. Um, so I was kind of... Not that the moment didn't work. I just... I, I thought maybe we are going to get something bigger. Did you um, walk with Game of Thrones Blue Balls? A, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, I think so. But, um, I mean, I liked the trailer. It definitely got me excited. Um, but also didn't really... I mean, we talked. What were the big spoilers? Jorah had heart'sbane, and Barrack and Tormund are alive. You know what I mean? What Pretty were the much. big? Right. I mean, we didn't get a whole lot, as opposed to seasons past, where we could, you know, kind of go through the trailer and get the highlights of the of the whole season. So, I mean, kudos to to HBO. They walked the fine line between giving us something to get us excited. But not giving away any of the any of the season's you know big secrets. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like the trailer. I thought it did a a great job of what it needed to do.
2: Well, um, I think I it it would be redundant of me to echo what um, basically Thun said. I'm it was minimalistic and I was happy about it. I I know there were some complaints. People were thirsty as fuck for new footage. So a lot of people were like, well, this is it. You didn't give us a soundtrack. You didn't give us, um, you know, a lot of a lot of characters were left out. And you fo- mainly focused on Winterfell. I'm completely fine with what they did. They didn't show us any of the intricacies that makes Game of Thrones so goddamn good. There was no political intrigue. We don't know what's going to happen at King's Landing. There, there really, we got... Everybody is scared as fuck at Winterfell and they're preparing for war.
3: Well, and, and the thing too, and not to, you know, keep the podcast going too much longer <laughs> because it's been a, been a minute. There, uh, <laughs> that coming, this trailer that, like you just said, focuses almost solely on episode three coming the same week as the EW, you know, stuff where they talked about episode three like a bunch makes me start to think that there is a little bit of, possibility i'm not saying i believe it all the way but some amount of i don't know plausible i don't know i the word i'm thinking of it out i can't think of the fucking word Misdirect. Like, misdirect. it's a misdirect yeah that that but not that the battle is not big but that the white walkers are a bit of a red herring a bit of a misdirect like they they i what if they just win what if like Jon Snow and the dragons and them, they just beat the White Walker army. And they, I mean, you know,
2: two dragons is better than one.
3: And there's people that have talked about, you know, then they'll fly north and they'll burn down the Castle Tree thing that we saw several seasons ago where they were turning babies into White Walkers. And um, that will, you know, end it. And then the last three episodes are about Cersei. They're about the Iron Throne. It's about the Game of Thrones, you know? Yeah, the Game that, of Thrones. Like, what if that's how, and I'm like, man, that would be wild. <laughs> so, like, uh, but it's the way they're hyping up that third episode and not showing you anything after it. I don't know. Here's There's the
2: thing, man. Possibility we, that, we know for a fact, because of filming spoilers, people taking pictures of the uh, real-time set that was built at Belfast, uh, Belfast and Titanic Studios, the King's Landing set. And, by the way, if you have Apple Maps, you can type in Titanic Studios, Belfast, Northern Ireland, and you can see the King's Landing set is still standing today, and it is blasted to fuck. It is burned down this very moment and blasted to fuck. So, we... we The trailer didn't even allude to that. We got nothing about a battle at King's Landing from this trailer. It was all focused on Winterfell. So... I'm happy. I'm excited because, yeah, this is all we got. And, this, and uh, the, you know, as far as we know, this is the only trailer we're going to get for Season 8. We might get a few TV spots that are, will take snippets from this trailer. We might get a, a couple of new scenes as as, as the lead-up goes on from HBO. But there will be nothing like a trailer that will drop between now and the premiere on April 14th. So so yeah. let me just say to everyone out there
3: listening, this made it this far. If you're looking for something else to buy your time, you know, between now and the launch or, or the first episode of Game of Thrones, Kentucky Fried Chicken has started an Indiegogo. <laughs> and this is real. <laughs> no, to fund the KFC Innovations Lab. Now, the KFC Innovations Lab was created to, quote, bring more of the company's craziest and most innovative marketing ideas to life by providing fans or anyone who just wants to see if they can pull it off an opportunity to help turn these groundbreaking ideas into reality. Now here's what I'm going to say to take the black fans. If they're taking suggestions, just go on there and write sponsor the game of Th- or sponsor the take the black podcast on winners coming. Cuz here's some of their other ideas by the way and this is real. This is real. You can contribute to these ideas and when they get funded they will make these things and you can if you contributed, you have a chance to like win it or whatever how about a Kentucky fried hot tub introducing a revolution to the hot tub technology it's a hot tub that looks like a kfc bucket the yes giant, I, mean, giant, I want it the giant bucket features wood fire thermos, thermal thermal syphoning heating technology and the capacity for five fried chicken loving people and a full 360 degree Kentucky fried chicken branding um, this this is another really good, really good one here, is Picnic with the Colonel. The greatest development in picnicking technology that's made out of cardboard, this kit includes a pop-up table and a life-size cardboard cutout of the Colonel to hold your buckets of Kentucky fried chicken sold This separately. isn't real. These are real. They- oh, oh, my God. Oh my god. There's others. There are others. Um but basically you can contribute to that. And uh, you know, if you contribute at the lowest amount, you'll get, you know, if it's funded, you'll get things like t shirts or three D puffy sticker packs or swag bags or whatever. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on outside of Game of Thrones, but I guess the big thing is is that KFC should sponsor this podcast because there's nothing that goes better uh after a long night.
2: Dan, <laughs>
3: <than laughs> world famous eleven herbs and spices fried chicken.
2: I love it. That's a great. You're, you're the ad man. I love it. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of uh, our listeners who are asking today about when's the podcast going to go up. Kenny Adamo on uh, he's he's a he's a, a regular listener on Facebook and on uh, winner's coming. Comments is like, hey Razor, when's the next take the black podcast? I am ready to hear you guys talk. Uh, giving us some analysis. So, Kenny, we're giving you a shout-out. And on Twitter, we got, um, let's see, uh, Dominic on Twitter was like, I need to take the Black Podcast now. Well, well, Dominic, here's your shout-out. So, And also our always loyal listener, James Cunningham, who is fighting the good fight with KFC for us. Thank you, James. also, been- shout
3: out Mark Freeman who uh, let me know today he was waiting on a new episode after the trailer
2: came out. Awesome! All right, uh, I-, I would I- like
0: to also add Sue. Um, she has been a longtime follower of our podcast, listener, and everything. Uh, matter of fact, she tagged me in a um, you know in the when the trailer first came out, and I let her know that we were going to be dissecting it tonight. So she's super excited. Thank you, Sue. You're amazing.
2: Nice, nice. All right, so uh, we're gonna call this podcast good for myself, for Corey Don, for Corey Smith, and for Isis, who we're so glad is back with us. This has been Take the Black Podcast. Thanks for staying this long with us. If you're still here, for a lot of